Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. I hope everyone had a wonderful Shabbos, a restful Shabbos, and everyone should have a Shavua Tov. Today we're doing Masech Tzpeyah Perak Dalit, Mishnah Vav and Mishnah Zayin. The question of Mishnah Vav, the conceptual question is, at what point during the production process of these grains, of these produce, does the Chiyah of the obligation of Peyah, and by extension the Shichachah and Leket, kick in? And the Gemara is going to figure that out by going to a, a test case. today. You have a non-Jew who harvests his field and then he quickly runs and he's mal v'tavol. He has a bris and he jumps into the mikvah. Ah, he's a Jew. So is he chayev to take pay to, to leave peya? Is he chayev to in, in leket? Is he chayev in shikacha? Meaning, at what point do we say these chiyuvim kick in? So the Gemara again is using this case to try to figure it out. Says the, says the Mishnah, In this case, he's put there from all of these. Why? Because it seems to be that the Chiyav kicks in, when you harvest. When you harvest your field, that's when you have an obligation to leave aside the corner. And at that point, when he harvested his field, he was not Jewish, so he had no obligation. And therefore, he's put there to on, 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 on this field. Rabbi Huda disagrees. He says, no. Yes, he's put there. He's exempt from Peah. And he's exempt from Leket, both of those because their obligation of them to, to give them, to leave them, kicks in. Shas Katsir, when you cut it. However, Shechacha is different in Shechacha El Bishas Imor. The obligation to leave over things that you've left behind is when you bind it together. When you take all that grain and you bind it into piles, that's when the Achiev kicks in. And at that point, the guy was Jewish. He had already converted, and therefore, according to Behudi, he has to give it over. Whereas the Tanakhama seems to disagree. The first position is no. That even shechacha, the the obligation kicks in when you harvest it. This reminds me of a very interesting question that came to the Bezdin of America. A non-Jew came, came or Ger actually comes to the Bezdin and says, "I have a following issue. We know there's a halacha called bishalakim found in Shulchan Aruch Yardayah Simin Kuf Yud Gimel. Bishalakim is food cooked by a non-Jew, even if it's all kosher." And as total kosher ingredients, we do not eat it. It's subject to the concept of bishalakam, food cooked by a non-Jew, and it's prohibited to be eaten. Says this ger. Well, this morning before my, before my conversion, I fried an egg. I made it some scrambled eggs. I didn't finish them, so I put them into my fridge, and now I came home after the conversion. Am I allowed to eat this egg? Because on the one hand, there's a prohibition of bishalakam, and a non-Jew cooked the egg. The problem is, what's the issue of Mishalakam? The issue of Mishalakam is Shema, that you might come to intermarriage. You might come to marry a, a non-Jew. You sit down for a nice meal with a non-Jew, you maybe you'll come to marry them. That's where the prohibition was instituted. Well, says this non-Jew, on the one hand, this food is cooked by non-Jew. On the other hand, I'm not going to marry myself. That's, that's ludicrous. That doesn't make any sense. So maybe the prohibition should not apply here. So again, it's a very similar question of an action that was done, then a conversion, and what are the consequences now that the person is Jewish? Mishnah Zayin, Hikdish Kama Upode Kama, Chayev. So again, trying to tease out what exactly, when exactly is the Shash Chayev, the, when does the obligation kick in? So a person goes, and he's Makdish, he sanctifies, he consecrates, he says this, this field is set aside for the, for the, for the Beda Kabayas, for the Mishkan. That it's holy, it's holy, I'm not going to partake in it, it all belongs to the Mishkan. Upode Kama, and then he says, you know what? I'm not interested. I, 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 I thought I would have more than I did. I thought I'd have a bigger yield this year. And he goes through the process of being poted, of redeeming it. Chayef. So once he redeems it, now it goes back to being his. It's chulin. And therefore he has to te- leave peya. Why? 
Again, it would make a lot of sense because if the shas chiv is a shas kotzer. If the time of the allegation kicks in, it's when you harvest it. Well, this point, he he he, he was a field from the beginning to the end of the story of the of the being magdashit and being poda of, of sanctifying it and then redeeming it. Imurim upode imurim chayiv. What if it, it was when it was all bound up? So he was magdashit and then he was poda. He's chayiv. He's obligated. Why? Because again, the shas chiv was b'shas kotzer, which was before you bound all the sheaves up. The question is as follows: Kama upoda imurim. What happens if you harvest, if you are makdish a field, all the grain is still growing, and then you harvest it, and it still belongs to the mishkan, and then you make a murim, and then your poda says, "No, forget it," and you go through the process of redeeming it, then you are potter. Why are you potter? Because at the moment when the chi of the obligation for leaving peya kicked in. Well, it didn't belong to you. It belonged to the Bedekabayas. It belonged to the Mishkan. And therefore, essentially, you've, uh, you've uh, payah laundered. You've found a way out of not giving, leaving payah. Now, the one thing we note is Rabbi Yehuda, like he said in the previous Mishnah, he would agree to this except by Shechacha, which he thought the Chiv was Bishas Emurim when you, when you bound it up. And he would disagree with this last point and think in this point, place you would still be Chayif. Everyone should have a wonderful day.